What's up, y'all? You're listening to the Extra Point College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Carnes, joined as always by my co-host, Daniel Hammock. Daniel, last week we covered the Big Ten East. We are continuing our 2022 season previews this week with the Big Ten West. A lot of news this week about the Big Ten, so uh, we can touch on that another time. But the current Big Ten West uh, and its current structure, let's talk about those teams for the 2022 season and continue our season previews. Daniel, I'm excited for this one. This one reminds me of the ACC Coastal, which will be no more uh, starting next season. But, hey, what a, what a fun division. Yeah, this one's this one's good in that you're just going to – you've got, a, you know, a top dog, but you've got several that are right there at the, at the top. Um, and so it really could be anybody's division. Um, and, yeah, it's just some consistent good football – overall that's played some good football teams but maybe no great teams so it gets kind of overlooked uh, on the national scale Um, but definitely a lot of tradition on this side a lot of great rivalries so uh, you know definitely love jumping in on this one before we get started I I don't like throwing out bold predictions just to throw out a bold prediction but I feel confident in this looking at the Big Ten West before we get started uh, well let's just look at win totals Wisconsin nine you have three teams at seven and a half. So Minnesota, Iowa, Nebraska at seven and a half. Purdue's at seven. Illinois at four and a half. Northwestern's at three and a half. Whoever wins this division, I think, gets beat by 21 plus in the Big Ten Championship by Ohio State. I just don't think this division. Now, that does not mean that any of these teams won't give Ohio State a game in the regular season. I think it's very possible. I think by week 13, week 14, championship week, 21 plus. Uh, so that that's my opinion of the Big Ten is just like they're, they're – I don't think any team can challenge Ohio State. That, that being said – On the west said, side. On the west side. That's right. Uh, that being said, doesn't mean they can't win their division. But I think that's why you, you, you're looking at their win totals. Uh, the highest win total is Wisconsin at nine. You have two teams in the east that have higher win totals than that. Penn State's at eight and a half, which would be higher than – the majority of teams in the Big Ten West. So let's dive in, Daniel. Let's start at the top. Wisconsin, their win total is set at nine, coming off of a nine and four season uh, in which they did not win the Big Ten West last year. Are you still on the Graham Merch train? I really want to be. Um, All it took was them getting a great recruit for me to be all in, and then – He's been worse than their under-recruited guys. So, um, yeah, they returned five starters on offense, three of those offensive linemen. Um, they do have their starting running back, coming back, Braylon Allen. Um, and then Graham Mertz, of course, at quarterback, um, who, if you look at his season last year, under 2,000 yards passing, 10 touchdowns, 11 picks. Very – I don't even want to call that average because I feel like the average, you know – solid starting quarterback, I guess you would call it. Um, almost puts up two to one touchdown, the interceptions, and then 2,500 yards and just in general is more efficient with the ball. Now, granted, Wisconsin does play a little bit different ball as far as running the ball a little bit more, um, more of a traditional style there. Good news on that front is they returned their top five rushers from last year. Um, and Braylon Allen – I mean, 1,200 yards, 12 touchdowns, and then uh, Ches Malushi, um, I mean, 815 yards and five touchdowns in his own right. 
Um, I think that that, along with the three returning offensive linemen and just the con- continuity there, I think you'll see just more progression there. Um, but I, this is a put-up-or-shut-up year for Graham Mertz. Um, he's got to show what he was recruited to do. Um, it's going to be tough because he's only got – he's lost his top three receivers from last year. Um, he's got, you know, a couple guys coming back that had, you know, about 200 yards each last year. So we'll see what happens at receiver. We'll see if he's able to take that step. It's going to be kind of in the face of what, what the uh, expectations are. You also flip it over to the defense, and the defense lost a ton of NFL talent. You're looking at Leo Chanel and Jack Sanborn, um, just some guys who um, really were just flying all over the place for that defense last year. There's only three returning starters. The good news is that Nick Herbig, nine sacks, leading sack guy last year, he's back, um, and he's ready for just another good season. Um, that defensive line should be tough for – Wisconsin, and they've continued to develop and recruit well on the defensive side. So you do have several upperclassmen. You get juniors and seniors all littered across. That will be new starters. So while what looks like it may be a rebuild might actually be more of a reload because of what they have in that room. Um, Looking through the schedule, they do have Ohio State at Ohio State. But looking at the rest of the schedule, I mean, they play at Michigan State. That's their other East draw. But I think it's pretty manageable. Nine wins feels about right. But I'm actually going to go 10-2 and two for this team. I like them. Um, I think they get a good draw for out-of-conference New Mexico State, Illinois State, Washington State. I think those are three layups for them. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, looking through it, I think that they're just as tough as – Iowa, Nebraska, Minnesota, I think they might lose a couple of those games, but I don't think they lose three. I think that's a high number, so over. And I'm going 10-2 and two for Wisconsin, the Badgers. I'm going to go up us here, Daniel. I'm going 9-3. and three. Um, I think this number is here for a reason. So defensively, Wisconsin could have the best defense in the country. I know they lost a lot of talent, but you mentioned, like, it's still a veteran-laden roster. Um I mean, this Wisconsin defense is something you've, I, I've come to trust. It's very hard-nosed, not going to let you run the ball. I mean, their rush defense held opponents to three yards of rush last year. Uh, I mean, Bill Conley is actually projecting Wisconsin to have the best defense in the country this year, so power rating-wise. Um, can they figure out the offense? <laughs> and I just have a really, really hard time buying into – I'm out on Graham Mertz. I'm out. He's gonna have to show me otherwise. Like I'm, I'm selling all the stock. I, you know, I will go broke. I will not go broke with Graham Mertz. I'm trying to say, I will watch you make a profit with him this year if he does well. I'm fine with that, but I'm not gonna go down with the ship. Um, I think losing Jake Ferguson's a really, really big deal. Uh, they're tied in from last year, especially with Mertz and especially in this offense. Uh, he was their leading receiver as a tight end. So and I think that's zone. a big deal. And the red zone touchdowns. I mean, Ferguson, I mean, he only had three touchdowns last year, but still in a red zone, big threat. Um, the defense, I trust the, team, the op- So Yeah. The defense, I trust the offense. I don't at all. But I think either A, who has a good enough defense to just play hard nose with them and like, go win a 10-7 game in true 
Big Ten fashion. Uh, I think Iowa has that. Who has an offense that can light them up? And, like, I think Ohio State has an opportunity to do that. I think Minnesota, Michigan State, Maryland even is going to have an explosive offense. So I think there's enough teams on the schedule that I'm like, if you don't figure the offense out, I just – I can't see you getting the double-digit wins if you don't figure the offense out. If they do, 100%. Like, the defense will be good enough for them to go in double-digit games. But I'm going to have to see it to believe it. So, I'm going to go push here. Nine wins for Wisconsin. Uh, Still very good. I just don't see them as – I think you hinted this at the beginning, Daniel. I don't see them as head and shoulders above the rest of the Big Ten West. Right, right. I I see them as, like, their defense is above the rest of the Big Ten West. And – We'll see with the rest of the team. So, I am at nine wins for Wisconsin. Daniel, let's go to the defending Big Ten West champions, the Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, their one total also set at seven and a half. I mean, where are you going with the Hawkeyes, Daniel? Yeah, so it's easier to kind of feel tangibly what Iowa is bringing back because they're bringing back starters and they're bringing back positions that matter. Um and so they got eight returning starters on offense, eight on defense. So anytime that happens, you feel good about it. Um, they got four of their top five receivers coming back. Now, it wasn't a super explosive offense, you know, as far as the passing game, but Spencer Petras back at quarterback. Um, and then, you know, just some, some good – some of their rotational running backs are back. They don't have their – obviously, Tyler Goodson was their starter. He's gone – losing him um, and the defense, you know, their top two tacklers from last year, Jack Campbell, Seth Benson, and their top two sack guys in Joe Evans and Lucas Van Ness. Um, they're all back. So that's all great news. Last year we saw Iowa create a ton of turnovers and their turnover margin was kind of stupid for a little bit where they were winning some games uh, where the ball was just bouncing their way. Um, I do think that that's, you know, they're not going to be able to live on that. But I also feel like in my head I've been discrediting them because they've been getting turnovers. It's not their fault that they were lucky and got some turnovers. I think they're a good, solid team. Returning quarterback is a big deal. Um, and he was he was very Big Ten likes, Spencer Petras. He had under 2,000 yards, 10 touchdowns, 9 picks. So very Graham Mertz-like um, last year as well. So um, – and they're going to be judged against each other. Iowa and Wisconsin, I think, are going to be the two that everybody talks about in this division um, specifically. Um, looking through their schedule, um, them playing um, – obviously they play Iowa State every year. That has not seemed to be a problem. And Iowa State, you and I are both, you know, kind of out on them this year. Um, and then playing South Dakota State, they're playing Nevada in the right year because Nevada just lost their talent. South Dakota State, the Jackrabbits, you got to watch out for them uh, that first game. Uh, I think it's actually good that it's their first game because they'll have time to prepare for them um, and watch some film because there might be some guys who are like, oh, you were just playing South Dakota State, no big deal. But that's a really good FCS ball club that is championship caliber. Um, so that's going to be something to watch. As far as a, it's seven and a half for them, yeah, I'm easily yeah. going eight wins here. Um, I think that they are a good ball club. Um, 
I think eight and four is right where they're at. So I'm at eight and four. Um, and I think all four losses are going to be in conference. Um, cause I think that they're going to run right through their out of conference. So eight and four for the Hawkeyes. I'm with you. I'm also at eight and four. So I'm going over going eight and four. This defense should be ridiculous. Uh, Jack Campbell, you know, we're going to have a show here in a few weeks with our preseason All-America team. Uh, he will be on my ballot. <laughs> you and I got to talk about it, but he will be on my ballot as a linebacker. He, he's ridiculous at linebacker. He's mm-hmm. definitely the captain of this defense. Um, this is a defense that ranks very high in returning production um, on, Bill, on Bill Conley's rating. So this is an Iowa team that, again, very similar to Wisconsin, should have an elite hard-nosed defense. Uh Speaking of quarterbacks, I don't like or trust uh, Spencer Petrus. Uh, not a fan. <laughs> not a fan of Spencer Petrus. Uh, but he's definitely their best option. Um, Daniel, you mentioned something that I think swings them to not have double-digit wins again. It's two things. Their turnover margin, usually it's not repeatable. Now, turnovers are one of Bill Conley's you know, five criti- you know, critical success factors for college football, but – um, as far as predicting outcomes of games, mm-hmm. but th- there is a certain there's a certain amount of luck in a turnover, right? Right. I think there's a certain part of it where yeah, you're you're in the right position to make it happen. I think there's a certain amount of luck with, with people making mistakes as well. So they also won four one score games last year. So I think that's another indicator of a team. If, if you're looking at teams saying, are they going to you know take a step back or take a step forward? Look at some of those one-score games. How many one-score games did they win? Because a bounce of ball, and that game goes the other way. So I think even they're looking at – they won 10 games last year. Four of those are one-score games. Split them in half. That gets you to eight and four. So that's where I'm at with Iowa. I'm at eight and four. This defense is going to be elite. The offense is not. <laughs> but, I mean, this is an offense that probably is not in the top 70 in college football by season's end. So – but the defense should be top five. This should be a top five defense in college football, which is going to win them at least eight games. I'm with you. So pretty solid on the over, but I'll go eight and four. Daniel, let's go to Minnesota. Minnesota has been really quietly consistent. They had that big year in 19, the COVID year. They didn't have a good year at all. They were quietly really, really good last year too. Uh, They've got Kurt Shiraka back. Does he unlock the Tanner Morgan we saw in 19? Their one total also set at seven and a half. Yeah, they gave Ohio State everything they wanted in that first game last year. Uh, I think we all remember kind of how that goes because after being so high on um, Minnesota after the 2019 season, they came kind of crashing and burning in 2020. So, of course, all of us readjusted our focus and recalibrated our expectations and then they show up last year and have a pretty good year, even with the injury to Muhammad Ibrahim, who has just been a stalwart in that offense. He's back this year. Um, I expect him to really be um, a big reason that they they kind of take a step forward. Um, Tanner Morgan being back is huge. I agree. Um, getting uh, OC back is, is important. Uh, he gets – two or he's got his top five pass catchers all back from last year. So that's huge. Um, as far as continuity goes, he's got his center back. The rest of the offensive line is new, but they're juniors and seniors. So um, I expect them to be ready to play. 
Um, defensively, they have seven returning starters. Um, they, you know, boy, my, my fay, um, leaving was, was a big loss, um, from that defensive line position, that defensive end looking through their schedule though. It's, it's a common theme with these teams that have nine game conference schedules. I feel like they, for the most part are scheduling three easier games and same here, New Mexico state, Western Illinois and Colorado all at home all for the first three games. I think they're going to win all three of those. Um, so I'm not really worried about any of those three. Colorado, obviously probably the most notable there, but I think that the style of play should be enough for Minnesota to take care of them. Um, they do have kind of a sneaky bad draw of the East teams, though. They didn't get Ohio State or Michigan, but they got the next worst in getting Michigan State and Penn State, and they play at both of those. So I do think that's two of their losses. Looking at the schedule, though, I, I think they can kind of weather the storm, even if they lose to Wisconsin and Iowa. That's still eight and four. So I'm still on them to go eight and four, go over seven and a half. This is a good ball club. Um, they could push nine wins this year, but I feel confident at eight and four. I'm going to go one step further. I'm saying they're, they're pushing nine wins. I think they're going to get to nine wins this year. So this is a team that's sneaky good. I am really, really buying into the height of Kurt Shiraka being back. Like, Sriracha? And, 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 him, <laughs> and him unlocking Tanner Morgan. So they return their top five pass-catching targets. Uh, obviously, they get Muhammad Ibrahim back. Tanner Huge. Morgan back with his offensive coordinator that he looked very successful with. I mean, there were people talking about Tanner Morgan as a first-round quarterback after the 2019 season. Yeah. Like, I think people forget we've been removed from that, how good he was that year. Uh, now, he did have Rashad Bateman at receiver, which definitely helps, <laughs> which helps you look good. But I think bringing Shiraka back, this defense, though, is going to be really good. So – this is a defense that I think could rank top 10 in the country. I mean, hey, Big Ten West, this is the, the defensive division right. Uh, right here. So I am buying Minnesota. Now, with their schedule, with the Big Ten, with any of these conference leagues that play nine conference games, you got to look at the draw and see who has three road games, or excuse me, five road games and four home games uh, in conference. Minnesota is one of those teams that plays five road games, but – and they're all three – three of them are really difficult. You mentioned at Michigan State, at Penn State, you do go to Wisconsin, but you got Nebraska and Illinois on the road as well. Um, the schedule is difficult. I guess I'm just a big believer in them being really good again this year. I, I, I like getting Ibrahim back. This is a team that likes to run the ball a lot. So while him going down sucks, it allowed you to get some other guys a lot of carries uh, last year, and now you bring him back as your star – uh, there's an offense that will run the ball a lot. I think they'll pass the ball a lot more than they did last year, just with Kurt Schrocka being back with Tanner Morgan. So I'm a believer in Minnesota. Thing. I'm going nine and three, um, finishing second in the Big Ten West. So that's where I'm at with Minnesota. All right, let's go to our last team that has seven and a half win total. Believe it or not, the Nebraska Cornhuskers, a team that went three and nine last year. They're not sitting here with a win total set at seven and a half. Is that too high? I, everything in me says yes, but looking at this team, you know, they've got four returning starters on offense, 
five returning starters on defense. They've gotten some transfers in, namely at quarterback, getting Casey Thompson coming in from Texas. Um, I'm actually really high on that move. I think that this is the right shakeup for them offensively. That being said, he's going to still have to get used to this offense, these receivers. You know, I don't care how much practice you have. That continuity hasn't been there for years necessarily. So you might, it might be some, you know, slow going to get things started. Um, but we'll, we'll see how things go. Uh, running, running back wise, they returned their four of their top five rushers. The top rusher was actually Adrian Martinez last year at quarterback. So I think that's got to be a, a bigger part of their, of their game in general. They do return their top two tacklers as well as their top sack guy in Garrett Nelson. Um, so all of that's important. Um, I just, it's tough for me because I don't want to miss the boat on Nebraska by always underselling them. Um, I think you and I almost took offense to our first year on the podcast. Everybody was all over Nebraska saying they're going to win the West. And you and I are both like, hold up. They haven't proven anything. Let's just pump the brakes. So 2019, we were uh, basically anti-Nebraska because of the main national media really being all over them. And then every year since, they just have not gotten off the ground. The fact that Frost is still here, I think, shows the commitment by the, you know, school and by the administration that they believe in him. Um, I do think he's a good coach. I think that hopefully he's learned a lot from what he's done so far. Um, Cause I do think that there could be a bright future with this program, with this team. Um, that being said, you know, I look, you gotta have a quarterback. I think Casey Thompson's the dude um, looking through their schedule. They play Oklahoma this year. They play Georgia Southern, which is what it is. It's not going to be a walk in the park like some of these might be, some of these non-conference. And then North Dakota, which is not North Dakota State, but they're also not a pushover. So, you know, their non-con is a little bit more difficult. And I do think they're going to lose a few more of these head-to-head matchups. As far as the East opponents, they get Michigan and they get Rutgers. So, you know, split of a tough and an easy one. Um, I'm looking at this and I do think that they go under seven and a half. I've got them at seven and five this year. Um, I think they lose to Oklahoma and then I think they lose four conference games. Um, but you know, I do think you'll see some improvement. I think Frost saves his job this year and I think seven and five would do that. And I think they would have a good bowl game, um, relative to what they've been doing. So I think seven and five would be a good year for Nebraska. I think eight and four would be an even better year for Nebraska. I'm going over. Okay. I'm buying it. So this is going to be said agnosium. So I'll say it here. Nine losses, eight of them by one score, all nine of them by single digits. That luck has to turn around. That 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 is luck. I mean, this is a team that played, I mean, Oklahoma and lost by seven. Went to overtime with Michigan State. Michigan – Lost by three. Ohio State, that's your only loss that wasn't by one score. Nine points, though. That, that game was kind of dramatic late, if you, if you remember from last year. At Wisconsin, ranked 19th. You lose by seven. 
And then Iowa, you lose by seven. All one-score games. This is not a team that's just been getting beat up by the Big Ten. They're not. I think Casey. I think the move with Casey Thompson's a smart one. I think Adrian Martinez going to Kansas State. That's a good move for him as well to just get away from it. Um, it's all on Frost though now. Like this is all on him. He brought in this quarterback. This is a guy who has some proven success at Texas. Like he he looked really good at points last year. He's definitely talented enough. He's right? a competent player. He's very competent. I think Nebraska is going to be good all around. Now, schedule-wise, again, they do have Oklahoma, but they get them at home. This is a team that only plays four Big Ten road games, and they're at Rutgers, Purdue, Michigan, Iowa. So, two of them being tough with Michigan and Iowa. Out of the East, you, I mean, again, if you're going to pick a draw, I'll take Michigan, Rutgers, Indiana over any other, any other draw in the East. So, I think this is a good top 40 football team. I think they're going to go eight and four. I like the schedule. Um, I think that they will be in the game late against Oklahoma. That game's at home. I think they go into that game undefeated. I think Nebraska as an environment is underrated because they haven't been relevant in a long time. But if they're undefeated and Oklahoma comes to town, like that's an environment that – An old big eight rival? I mean, yeah, new coaching staff at Oklahoma. I just watch out. I'm circling that game and saying, I I will not be surprised if Nebraska walks out of that game four now. So uh, their schedule's weird with the Ireland games. They get two bye weeks during the season. I think that's going to actually help them because the Ireland games against Northwestern. So I just I don't expect a lot from Northwestern this year. But I am cautiously. I don't think there's any hype to buy. I'm just believing that Vegas knows what they're doing and that they're going to be a seven or eight one team. I'm going to lean eight uh, and believe that they make the jump that they've been waiting for for four years at Nebraska. So I'm all in eight and four with Nebraska um, and we'll, we'll, we'll take it to the bank. All right. At seven wins for the win totals, we got the Purdue Boilermakers. Uh, Daniel Purdue coming off of a season where they also went nine and four uh, to like Wisconsin. Uh, they had that bowl game win asterisk uh, against Tennessee. <laughs> They're the Music City Bowl. Um, but, hey, a little bit of hype coming off, off Purdue in the offseason. So, where are you at the Boilermakers? Yeah, I, I mean, obviously it's going to center around Aiden O'Connell, quarterback coming back, uh, 3,700 yards, 28 touchdowns, 11 picks. That's the kind of stat line we like to see. Um him in this offense, I just think is, you know, Jeff Brom and obviously his quarter, his uh, offensive coordinator, Brian Brom, his brother, um, they both have a good thing going um, with this team. Their top running back, uh, King Daru, um, he's back uh, 500 yards rushing last year. And then three of their top five receivers are back, Milton Wright being the most notable seven touchdowns last year, 700 yards. Um, that's all going to be big. And then obviously returning, you know, three out of your five offensive linemen um, is always huge. So that's big on offense. Defensively, they return nine starters. Um, so, you know, throw numbers at it, get as much coming back as possible. Um, I like this number at seven that they have looking through their schedule um, the East teams that they play, they start the year at Penn or with Penn State. Penn State comes to Purdue, um, and then they play 
um, Indiana and um, Maryland. So those are their three. Um, Penn, Penn State's the only one that's going to be difficult, and they get that at home. Um, I do think they're going to win all three of their um, non-conference games. They play Syracuse at Syracuse, and they play Florida Atlantic and Indiana State. So, you know, you start piecing together wins here and there. Um, I have this team going over seven wins. I have them at eight four. I'm right there with you. I'm going to, I'm going eight and four and schedule has a lot to do with it. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the big 10 East straw again, Maryland Rutgers and uh, excuse me, Maryland, Indiana and Penn state. And you get them on a Thursday night in week one. If you're going to play Penn state, that's when you get want. them week one on a Thursday night at home. Like, Hey, and you stuff have the prolific offense. And they have Sean And they don't. (laughs) Right. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of value put on Aiden O'Connell. I think I was cautious to pick them at eight and four. It's because I think a lot of people are going to be like eight, nine, ten wins. Picking Purdue is is a hot ticket team. And you know how I am. I stay stay away from that junk. But this is a good football team. And their schedule is probably one of, if not the easiest in the Big Ten. I mm-hmm. think Dim and Minnesota had the two easy schedules in the Big Ten, which was playing a lot into me having Minnesota at nine wins and Purdue at eight wins. That being said, this is a good football team. But looking at their schedule, Daniel, I think they're going to be favored in nine games. Mm. Nine games. So I think that, do I think they can win eight? Sure. Like, if they're going to be favored in nine, you only had to lose one in an upset and get, get me at eight wins, 100%. A lot of attention is going to be given to Aiden O'Connell. This defense, though, don't let them go uh, overlooked. Again, division of defense right here, uh, the Big Ten West. So not returning starters. They rank very highly in Bill Conley's returning production on defense. I'm especially looking at that defensive line. Um, This is a conference where that's going to matter because you're going to face a lot of good offensive lines in the Big Ten. So their defensive line is a group I'd circle and say, watch, they're going to go overlooked. But – I'm right with you, Daniel. Eight and four for the Boilermakers for me as well. All right, we're going to drop a win total here. <laughs> uh, from seven to four and a half. So, Illinois, year two of Brett Bielma being back in the Big Ten West. Their win total at four and a half. You going over or under, Daniel? Yeah, four and a half. Vegas knows what they're doing. Let me just start by saying that. But Sometimes. looking through, yeah, they got – Five returning starters on offense, six guys on defense. They stole Tommy DeVito from Syracuse. Um, he's coming in to be their quarterback. Um, I don't know if Syracuse wanted to keep him, but he was solid. Uh, Syracuse is going to miss him. Um, but they got Chase Brown back at running back, who over 1,000 yards, five touchdowns last year, really plays that Bielema element of ball. Um you know, they, they have two returning starters on offensive line. Um, and Luke Ford, who is his senior year, he was originally recruited to Georgia, transferred up there, uh, which is where he's from, but highly, highly recruited. He's an NFL prospect at tight end. So, you know, keep an eye out for him. He might have a big, big year. Um, Isaiah Williams is a returning um, leading receiver, uh, over 500 yards receiving last year and four touchdowns. Um, that being said, looking at the schedule, they do draw Michigan State, Michigan, 
and um, Indiana are their three teams. So um, looking at that, and then you add to it, they're playing Virginia, they're playing Chattanooga, um, and Wyoming are their three non-con. I think they're going to go two and one in the non-conference. I think they lose to Virginia. Um, And then I do think they're going to lose several. They're the team. They're one of the teams that is unfortunately going to catch most of these losses um, from the big 10. The big thing is, is that they play a very similar brand of ball and they're just not quite as good as Wisconsin, as Minnesota, as Iowa. So all those three are losses. Indiana is circling this as a game they must win because it's at Indiana. Um, so you're starting to rack up losses at Nebraska, Michigan State, Purdue. Do I think that they could win a couple of these games? Probably. Um, I think that they could beat Northwestern. Um, that one's at Northwestern, though. So you couple their two non-conference wins – with maybe two Big Ten wins, um, I'm only at four wins. So I've got them that was at four and eight. Um, so that's under. So get me four and eight. And yeah, sorry, Illinois. I'm going four and eight too. I want to believe, but the schedule's tough and. Returning production with a team like Illinois, especially in a year two staff, that matters. They rank 122nd in returning production. That's not lining up well for the Illini. So, I mean, you go to Wisconsin, to Nebraska, to Michigan, right? You get Michigan State out of the out of the East as well. So, not a good draw. It's just it's a it's a tough schedule with a team that does not have a lot of experience coming back i think year three is the year we look for results with brett bielma being back i do think he's the kind of coach who can get illinois playing 500 football in the big 10 which if you're illinois i think that's a win that's a goal. like pull some upsets win the games you should like be a step above northwestern like be uh competing with minnesota purdue like beat the Indianas, beat the Northwesterns, beat the Rutgers teams. Uh, Illinois can do that. But this year, again, I want to believe I'm going four and eight, going under two and seven. I'm with you uh, in conference. So four and eight for the Illini. Last but not least, well, we'll see. Northwestern, (laughs) their one total set at three and a half. Man, Pat Fitzgerald, I feel like he's high on a lot of people's coach rankings. Is he going to figure it out this year at Northwestern? Yeah, some things are going to help, and I think that's the non-conference schedule, but you look at their draw from the East, they get Penn State, they get Ohio State. Um, No easy task in and of itself, Uh, and they get Maryland, and Maryland's going to put up a bunch of points on them. Um, Ryan Helensky is reprising the role of the starting quarterback. He led most of the year as a starter last year. Um, So-so as a starter. I mean, not a ton of production, but he split most of the time last year. Uh, So he might have more confidence knowing he's the starter this year. They returned their top three rushers, uh, which includes Evan Hull, who had over 1,000 yards and seven touchdowns last year. So that's big. Um, and returning four out of five offensive linemen. 
and four of their top five returning receivers. So all that to be said, it just is what it is as far as the talent goes. It's going to take a lot for them to overcome. Now, for Northwestern, they get to play Duke in the non-conference. I think they're going to beat Duke. They get to play them at home. They play Southern Illinois, and they play Miami of Ohio. I think all three of those are going to be wins, um, but I have trouble finding another win on the schedule. So I've actually got them at 3-9. and nine. I'm with you, 3-9, and nine, Daniel. This is a team that went 1-8 and eight in the Big Ten last season. Uh, their schedule gets more difficult in the Big Ten than it got last season. When you draw Ohio State and Penn State, that's never good. When you go on the road to uh, Iowa and Minnesota in your division, never good. Uh, this is a team that's probably going to be a top 100 team in college football. Uh, I think the the strength of this team will be its defense. If it has a strength, you did lose your best player who uh, – where did he transfer? Was it Ohio State? Brandon Joseph? Where'd he go? Yeesh. We talked about him. Shoot. Sorry, Brandon Joseph. Know. Yeah, you lose your best player on defense. Um, Ryan Hillens? He's at hey, Notre he, Dame. He, Notre Dame. That's right. Notre Dame. Uh, another smart school. But, yeah, I just have a hard time with a team that won an eight in conference last year. Uh, with the more difficult conference schedule and not much improvement, I find a hard time circling wins. But who knows? This could be that year where they're just like, F it, 9-3. <laughs> I mean, they, you never know what Northwestern, that Fitzgerald's like, we just work hard and haven't <laughs> We work hard and everybody else had a down year. So that's, that's what he's counting on. Oh, gosh. On. I mean, literally, they went, 2017, they won 10 games. 2018, that, they won nine games. I that mean, it was like prehistoric. It's the weird years. Like 2020, they went seven and two. But three and nine in 2019 and three and nine in 21. Three and nine again. We'll see. That will wrap up the Big Ten West. We'll be back next week with the division formerly known as the Pac 12 North. We're going to break down those teams, talk about those records, but of course, the Pac 12. Uh, just doing best two teams, best two conference records in their championship. But we'll still talk about them in their division as they currently are because the schedule is still lined up that way. Uh, but that will be next week, Pac-12 North. Be sure to follow us on social media at the Extra Point Pod on Facebook and Instagram. We'll post our episodes there as well as our all the pics you heard here. We'll post those in graphic form as they're on there as well. Uh, it's a great follow throughout the season uh, as we inch closer to that. You can follow him on Twitter at Deep South Daniel. You can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Carnes with a K. And that will do it for this edition of the Extra Point. He's Daniel. I'm Jacob. See you.